You're at the right place. Right place. At the right time. You found the number one podcast. Number one podcast. That entertains that space between your ears. We invite you to relax, pull up a chair, and get ready to take a trip to the vacation kingdom of the world. So grab your magic bands and your Mickey ears because it's time for another episode of the Mousecapades Podcast. We're back in Marceline, Missouri. Today we're here on Kansas Avenue, otherwise known as the inspiration for Disneyland's Main Street USA in Marceline, Missouri. And this was the boyhood hometown of none other than Walt Disney. Now even though Kansas Avenue here in Marceline doesn't look exactly like Main Street USA in Disneyland, it really was the inspiration. Now when the Disney's first got here, Kansas Avenue wasn't even paved. It was still a dirt road with mostly horse and buggy traffic, a few automobiles, and the street lights were those old school gas lamps, kind of like the ones you see at Disneyland. But by the time the Disney's left, just five or six years later, Kansas Avenue was lit by electric light. The traffic was mostly automobiles with just a pepper of horses and buggies coming in from the country and Kansas Avenue itself had a nice shiny brand new paved surface. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened to this town. Easily the most paved road I've ever seen. Mm. Mm. Now Walt Disney always had great memories of Marceline. In fact he saw his first motion picture here with his younger sister Ruth and Ruth said that they watched A Life of Christ. In fact they weren't actually supposed to be at the movies, so when they got home after dark, they were in a wee bit of trouble. Uh-oh. Cut me a switch, boy. Well, on his 1956 visit, in addition to doing a lot of other things, Walt Disney brought along with him his brand new movie, The Great Locomotive Chase. He held the Midwestern premiere here for the town of Marceline, and they actually ran the movie for 24 hours so that everyone in town who wanted to could get a chance to see the movie. At the first showing, Walt and his brother Roy Disney personally greeted each guest at the door. And once inside, the children of Marceline sang the Mickey Mouse Club song. Only thing was, out in Marceline, the kids out here didn't get the Mickey Mouse Club on TV, so they had to be coached beforehand. Today, the Uptown Theater is in a little bit of disrepair, but luckily it's undergoing restoration as we speak, which is why we don't get to have a peek inside today, but I can't wait to come back and check out the inside. Speaking of Main Street USA, what I really like about this theater is how the ticket booth is very similar to the one at the theater on Main Street in Disneyland. Only instead of Tilly, they've got Goofy here. No customers means Goofy's a little sleepy. She's prettier. Now one of the more interesting stories about when Walt lived in the town is that as a little boy he was waiting for the Buffalo Bill Wild West show to show up here. Now every time Buffalo Bill's Wild West show would show up to a town, he would sort of lead a parade towards the fairgrounds or wherever they were going to have the show. And the story goes that young Walt Disney was waiting along the side of the road to get a glimpse of Buffalo Bill when Buffalo Bill pulled up in a buggy and invited young Walt to ride up in the buggy with him through the town. What's great about Marceline is that there's no big shopping center or mall or Walmart outside of town. 
So Kansas Avenue really still is the main street of Marceline. There's all kinds of businesses here, real estate offices, you can get your taxes done, jewelry store, and of course, all kinds of little cafes and shops. And there's people from the town coming in every five minutes. It's not just a tourist destination. Now this main street though is of course much more elaborate because Walt's team of designers not only put in elements of their own hometowns, but also took everything up a huge notch to make this the ultimate turn of the century small town. Now despite all their input though, it was definitely Walt's memories of Marceline that were the guiding principle behind Main Street. According to the Hometown Museum, as early as 1946, Walt visited Marceline to refresh his memory and get inspiration for what would become Disneyland. Now Walt Disney always loved the sort of small town values of Marceline. Even though it was a big town for the region, it was still small enough that most people knew each other. So that sort of sense of value and his memories of the town strongly influenced not only Disneyland, but also a lot of his movies. Think about Pollyanna, Follow Me Boy, So Dear to My Heart. Now some years back a fire in Marceline uncovered a Coke ad from Disney's childhood days right next to the old corner jewelry store. Now many people speculate that that building provided the inspiration for this, the Coke corner here at Disneyland. Just walking by this building again that used to be an old soda fountain, and now I have no idea what it is. Looks like it's uh, in transition. But I was just noticing this and remembering that Walt Disney saw Maud Adams as Peter Pan in a theater here in Marceline when he was just a kid, and he once said that nobody ever identified with that character as much as he did. This bank building is actually located on the site of the theater that Walt saw Peter Pan in. I mean, think about it. That's what inspired him to make his animated classic version. But let's not forget all those vaudeville acts he saw as well. Well, vaudeville dancing, Walt Disney living, Marceline, Missouri, for your pleasure. Getting to the end of downtown here is kind of strange because there's no castle at the end of this main street. Very, very unusual. Is there still pirates? Now, Marceline basically only exists because of trains. It was actually set up by the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe Railroad as a division point, a sort of stopover where they could do maintenance and refill the old steam trains with water and coal between Chicago and Kansas City. Even though the trains no longer have to stop here because they run on diesel and they don't need any more water or coal to make steam, Still, 70 freight trains a day pass through Marceline. When they moved here from Chicago and Walt took the train with his mother, it was his first train ride ever. And of course, he had plenty of opportunity to see more trains passing through Marceline. As a matter of fact, one of the prides of Walt's life, as he put it at the time, was that his uncle was an engineer on the railroad that would come to Marceline. So not only did Walt get to brag, yeah, <laughs> no big deal, my uncle's just uh, an engineer, you know, on the train, but he also got candy in the mix. So, double bonus. Fun time, super round, lightning round. I don't know what I'm talking about. Let's continue. Of course, the crown jewel of Marceline is the Walt Disney Hometown Museum. It's actually really fitting that the museum is located in the old train depot because even though this isn't the same depot that Walt Disney would have arrived to Marceline at, he did come through this depot on every return visit. In fact, he always insisted on flying to another city and then taking the train to Marceline. That's how much the trains meant to him and how tied together trains and Marceline were in his mind. Now this museum is fantastic and at the moment it only costs 
five bucks. I don't want to show you everything in the museum because hey, we gotta leave some surprises, but let's just take a quick look around. The first section of the museum is dedicated to telling the story of Walt Disney and Marceline. From photos on the family farm to the school cornerstone and the desk that Walt carved his initials into, not once, but twice. Further inside, the museum tells the story of the rest of the Disney clan from Marceline on. What's really cool is because it sort of tells a family story, this museum has a lot of information on Walt Disney's siblings who you don't hear much about. So let's introduce the rest of the cast. Herbert, Raymond, Ruth, and Roy. Thanks to donations from Walt's sister Ruth, you can see many of the family's personal items including private photos, many, many letters, and even the TV Walt bought his sister so she could watch Disneyland's opening day live. There's also a screening room showing a film about Walt's life and even an entire room dedicated to that Marceline premiered classic, The Great Locomotive Chase. Wow! Starring Fess Parker in a theater near you. Now one of the coolest things upstairs is this model of Disneyland. A guy named Dale Varner spent 40 years handcrafting this model of Disneyland. And now it's here at the Hometown Museum for all of us fans of Disneyland and Disney and Walt to enjoy. And boy oh boy am I enjoying it. Hmm, pretty fantastic. Now Marceline is so centered around the railroad that the main city park right off of Kansas Avenue or Main Street USA was named after the president of the Santa Fe Railroad, E.P. Ripley. And if the name E.P. Ripley sounds familiar to you, I think it does. there's actually a reason for that. It's because the Disneyland Railroad has an engine called the E.P. Ripley. And Walt didn't just name it after the Santa Fe Railroad president. It's also named after this park where he had so many great memories and where he used to sit and watch trains go by every couple of minutes apparently. Back at the turn of the last century, this park would have been sort of the center of town life. All the cool stuff was going on here. And this is where Walt Disney would have played in the park with other kids. He would have watched band concerts in the gazebo here. As a matter of fact, a lot of people say that the gazebo in the park here was the inspiration behind that early Mickey Mouse cartoon, The Band Concert. All those holiday festivals and parades, they all sort of centered right around this park. Apparently, the park is still very much the center of town life because you can see them getting ready for their 4th of July celebration. Oh my gosh, they got tater twists! Tater twists! You can definitely see the influence that this park had on Town Square and Main Street in Disneyland. As a matter of fact, it was at this park that Walt Disney came with his family and joined a huge crowd in watching Marceline light up its first electric lights powered by its own power station. It's pretty, you know, electrifying. Yeah, that'll work. Walt truly honored the memory of Marceline, but Marceline also honored Walt Disney. They wanted to name their brand new park after him, and not only did Walt agree, but he even came all the way to Marceline for the dedication and to check out that new swimming pool firsthand. I could go for a swim. Later, when the town named their elementary school after him, Walt sent studio artists to decorate the gym with Disney characters. And he also donated a flagpole from the recent Olympics to the brand new Walt Disney Elementary School. For those of you who don't know, I was born and raised in Anaheim, California, just spitting distance from Disneyland. I even went to Disney Elementary School out there. We always sort of went to school knowing that we were the second Walt Disney Elementary School and that the first one was here in Marceline. 
We had to do all kinds of book reports and little studies of Walt Disney in school. We had Disney people coming to our school to tell us more about Walt Disney. So I feel like I've been waiting to come to Marceline almost my entire life and it's been fantastic checking out the town and I'm really honored to have you guys with us. Make sure if you're ever in Marceline, Missouri, you definitely take a stop at that museum and pick up one of these schnazzy t-shirts. We also have t-shirts for sale at livefastdiepoor.spreadshirt.com. If you want to pick one of those up, make sure you subscribe to this channel for some more zany adventures, some of which will be on the other Main Street USA in Disneyland. And hey, we'll see you later. Okay, thank you for watching. Goodbye. Oh, no, let's talk about it. Come on. Ah! So, Vicky. I just got back from a pretty long trip, uh, and we started our vacation. You and I and Dave went to Marceline, Missouri, and we just had an absolute blast. Now, this was a place that, you know, I, and we've talked about this, that Dave and I just wanted to go to from, from day one from starting the podcast. And, you know, since you've come aboard back, you know, last March, we've talked about making a trip out to Marceline, Missouri, and we finally got a chance to do that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I think... It was even more fun than I expected. Just a lot of neat information, and we learned a little bit about Walt, and that made me uh, like him as more as a person. It was a cool little town. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know what I expected. I expected a small town, but when we pulled in, I mean, it was something straight from the movies. Yeah, right? it was. And right away, we saw, well, actually, my son saw a train. Uh, coming down the track. It's, okay, so listeners, my, my son has a fascination with trains, like all little kids do. And so he saw this train track, and of course, what does he do? He wants to walk on the train track. And of course, I'm yanking his arm back, saying, no, 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 we can't. And he's like, Dad, I just want to touch the track, though. And I was like, fine, dude, let's go touch it. No trains are coming. Look to our left, look to our right. He's like, Dad, there's a train coming. And I'm pulling him back at this point, and I'm saying, no, there's not a train coming, dude. Come on. But there is, Dad. I can see the light. I'm, I'm thinking, whatever, right? And uh, sure enough, there was a train coming, and that was like one of the 80 trains that passed by throughout the day. Yeah, it was it was very cool. Um, it made me go back in time and think about when Joey was Callan's age. Joey still has an appreciation for trains, maybe not as much as Callan does at this point, but it was very cool when you said, okay, we're going to touch this train track, and Callan touched it, and then he's like, look, and now because the train's coming. And you're looking at him like, no, he, you're crazy, son. There's no train coming, and we all look, and here's this light coming at us yeah. it was very cool though it, it was cool um i don't think i've ever been that close to it here's i guess here i'm showing my uh, my cityness if that's even a deemed a word but uh we have trains nearby though we do but it's not like i'm standing five feet from a train going True. 80 miles an hour that's shaking the ground it feels like an earthquake right. you know it's yeah, crazy. That's and that's true. posted up on our uh, Instagram account. Now, just for our listeners, you know, we do have the Mousecapades podcast Instagram account. If you, if you type that in, you'll find it and you'll actually see the logo. But I've gotten so many requests to, to follow my personal account, Vicky, from listeners. It, it, it's just wild because, you know, I try not to mention my name. A few times my name has been mentioned throughout the past year. Yes, that's my fault. Year. No, no, even before that with Dave. Um, and, and I've accidentally done it with him, too. So I think listeners have punched in our did, – did some Google searching and, and punched in our names. I've had a ton of listeners just want to follow my personal account. So I kind of, listeners, switched over our – I mean, we have two accounts technically for the Mousecapades podcast, my personal one and the Mousecapades podcast one. They're both called Mousecapades Podcast. If you type that in, you'll find it. 
My personal one, I've switched to Mousecapades underscore podcast, and you'll find much more. You know, with the Disney photos and Marceline pics and, well, shoot, even my trip. We just got back, my wife and I and, and Colin, we just got back from Colorado, and that was amazing. Talk about a really cool trip. Got to go to Rocky Mountain National Park and climbed up uh, a few mountains, uh, drove up Pikes Peak. You know, my brother lives out there, so this wasn't the first time we've been out there, but every time it feels like the first time, you know? That's what she said. It's kind of so. like when you go to Disney. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for bringing That's us back nice on track. Thank you for bringing us back on track because this episode is all about Marceline, Missouri. Missouri. That's right. And we're going to talk about Walt's hometown. Of course, he lived there from what, like the age of four to 11 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, so like the formative years. Thank you. Exactly. And wow, you know, I can, after going to his town, I totally get it. I see all the inspiration in all of his films. Do you? Well, because... That town isn't like where we live. The kids have so much to do here and where we live more, we're in suburbia, actually not really a city, but there's so much to do here. Um, there, they had to find their fun like we used to when we were little, or, and I'm a little bit older than you are, so even uh, playing outside and while we were there, it was a Sunday and the kids are playing basketball. They're not inside playing video games or watching right. movies, which we thought was really cool. We That was just- You think they even had the internet there? Yeah, I'm pretty I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, because no. that one restaurant said it was a free joke. Wi-Fi. That was I know, a joke, Vixter. Okay. So, anywho, it was really neat. Just the town and, and all. I, I definitely see where, where Walt got his inspiration for Main Street USA. That's very apparent uh, in Marceline, Missouri. It, even the theaters there. I mean, you look at the shops, and, of course, they, only, they modeled uh, Main Street USA in the parks on, right. off just one block of right. the Main Street that's actually called Main Street USA in Marceline, Missouri. Right. So I wonder if they renamed that. I don't know, know? but the, one of the coolest things, or the thing that I forgot about it, because I went to college, at the, my first college, in a small town like Marceline. Before you were booted out of school? No, I wasn't booted out. I graduated with my associates. That's all they had at the time. Okay. Good, good cover, though. Um, so I went to a town like that, and I forgot how dead it is on the weekends. We were walking yes. on the street, and yes. there were really no cars every once in a while. You could have laid down in Main Street USA, on Main Street USA and just laid down. Well, I stood in the middle and took a picture. I don't know if you saw me do that, but you guys were farther ahead oh, than yeah, me. Oh, no, yeah. No, yeah. Dave and I did the same thing. One vehicle went down, and what? We were there out there for like 30 minutes? Yeah. It was pretty cool. Um, it kind of made you think, like, where's the rest of the world? Almost like a movie where they came back, and right. then you were the only ones left in the world. But, yeah. Um, hey, what's your cat's name? Annabelle. That decided to join us. Um, so if you can hear a little tinkle tinkle in the background, it's, it's our kitty Annabelle. Sorry. You know, you know I'm a highly allergic cat. Are you? Do I need to put this away? Yeah, I'm very allergic. Like if that cat even touches me, I will swell up like a balloon. And the, the kitty like is staring at me. Yep, that's what I thought, like, Annabelle. Leave here. me alone. Um, anywho. Cute cat though. Old, older cat? She, she thinks she's old. a dog. Yeah, I can see that. Um, anywho, so yeah, Marceline, Missouri was amazing. Uh, Main Street USA, I could definitely see where Walt, like I said earlier, got the inspiration for all of his cartoons. You look at a lot of his cartoons, and you can tell that, hey, that's his farm. You can, I mean, you can really tell, like, right. I think that's that's where Walt grew up with his childhood home and the farmland and how everything's set up. Well, and and I, I don't know. I just I, that, I had that feeling. That one Pixar short that's before, oh, I don't know which movie. Maybe it was before Frozen. The one that was black and white and then went to color and then went to black and white. That was the no one. No idea what you're talking about. There's a Pixar short 
And they actually played it when I was there at the Epcot, that new... Um, oh, yeah? Where they replaced Captain EO, you know, your favorite movie. And... Um, <laughs> Sarcasm. I know, but Tiki Garden will appreciate that. But yeah. anyways, um, so that's what it reminded me of. When we were on that farm, it reminded me of that cartoon. Okay. When we, when we went to Walt's Farm later in the day and had a picnic. Two restaurants in the whole town, by the way. Well, two, two restaurants that, restaur- that were open. Um it was Sonic and Good Mr. Mr. Good Sense, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. So we had lunch on Walt's property, basically his his farm right. or his farmhouse, and I'm so glad that my son is a klepto. Oh no, dude! You know what he stole from Walt's farmhouse? The pin. <laughs> the pin. What pin? The pin we were using to write in the barn. Oh no. Um, yeah, so in this barn, you could draw a whole bunch of pictures, and you can write messages and sign your name. And I'm hoping and that Nick posted that picture of him on Dave's shoulder autographing the Oh, barn. yeah, yeah, that's right. Dave should be on here because Dave said, hey, Nick, I want to uh, put my name up in the rafters. And, and who does he ask? The shortest guy in the room. No, he asked what? his daughter first. Oh, yes, his daughter first. And that's she right. was like, uh, no, you're crazy. So, so Dave put me on his shoulders, hoisted me up and lifted me up and, and I hilarious. started, it was, it was funny. And I, um, I drew a picture, of course, my, my stitch that I absolutely love draw to draw on the window. Um, so I'm sure that that's faded off by now, probably. probably. Um, cause it's, it's been, a, it's been about yeah. a week. Yeah. But my kid getting back to my kiddo, I'm so glad he's a klepto. He took, and this is so cool cause I'm gonna turn a project into this two sticks from right by the tree of life you know the oh no we knew he took those sticks oh you did see i didn't know oh sorry we knew he took those sticks because he told brad hey can you go stick hunting with me and brad's like well, what are we gonna do and he said we're gonna build a tent and brad said do you have a blanket and he's like i'm gonna take that guys and he was talking about dave's Dave? blanket oh, that he was okay. eating on. so so the tree so okay so he took two sticks from the yard right. near the tree, the, the Walt's tree that he likes to draw cartoons. Except and, for this is the son of the tree. Right. This is like part two, the junior, because the right. other one broke and fell he down. And during, and yeah, something like that. And um, we posted a picture for that, too, because to plant this new tree, which is the same type of tree, they used the waters from Waters of America and the soil from Animal Kingdom. Right. Right. And planted this tree. Well, my son took two sticks, and I can only assume they fell from that tree. Well, it I was think by that tree. It was by that. We'll just we say it. We'll just we'll just say it was because that sounds cooler. I'm totally gonna lacquer those sticks up, put them in like a shadow box, and I have a picture of the tree in the farmhouse. Oh, cool! And put and it I, in there. I'm totally going to do that up. Do you think I could sell that on eBay? You don't want to. Those are your but memories. I, I could probably sell for a few hundred dollars. You think? I'm sure it could, but why would you want to do that? That's the memory that you made. So if you want sticks from farms, <laughs> from Walt Disney's farmhouse. Contact us. We'll go out there and grab some <laughs> sticks and or a leaf from the Tree of Life, which the actual Tree of Life in Animal Kingdom was inspired by, by that tree. By this tree, yes. I know, that was very uh, cool. Which I think is pretty cool. And, and you heard that in our uh, in our tour guide presentation that we posted up on the Mouse Pates podcast. Which at the end of this podcast, I have re like remixed it. I not remixed it, but I went ahead and uh, I guess. Got rid of the echo, got rid of the background noise as best as I could because the original cut of that was just the raw audio. I, I actually published that, Vicky, like just seconds after the tour guide finished. It was straight from my phone, so right. it wasn't from a, a proper re- recorder. Um, but that that's the audio I have. You get what you get, right? right. And uh, so I did my best, listeners, to try to get rid of some of the echoes, some of the... 
the static in the background, and, and, and it is much better. Um, so go ahead, it'll be at the end of this podcast. You can still listen to a recap of our tour guide from Marceline, Missouri, and it's it's a much better auto quality. But let's start. Speaking of the museum, right? It w- I was so welcomed. Like you, it, you had a warm welcome when you walked in. That's what I that's what I mean to say. Yes, so by Barbie and Katie. Barbie and Katie. That's right. And um, and my, they don't look like your normal Barbie and Katie, by the way. N- no, they don't. Um, <laughs> very much older version of Barbie older and Katie. version from another dimension. Yes. So anywho, um, first off, it's not cheap. This oh, museum, really? You didn't think so? I thought that was relative. I mean, they've got to upkeep that. It was like, what, 15 bucks, right? No, it was $10 a person. $10 a person, that's right. And then if you're 6 to 11, it's 5 and anybody under 6 is $5. I didn't really think that was bad. You because, think it's that bad? Well, they have to pay those people. That's true. That's true. They do have a lot of stuff there that you can't see at the parks or anywhere else in the world. And it was fun to hear their stories. Yeah. Oh, yes, that was the best part. So, listeners, yeah, if you get a chance to go to the Marceline Museum, they do have a lot of artifacts there that you cannot find anywhere else in the world. It's like that. That's it, right there. Right, because they were given to um, the museum by uh, Walt's baby sister Ruth, and, and by Walt himself too. Well, some of them. Yeah, okay. Walt. Well, no, yeah, I totally just burped in your face. It's all good. So Never yeah, by, by Walt before. himself, and we'll talk about that in a little bit because Walt had like a little family reunion. Right? Yeah. He came home, what do you call that? Homecoming, I guess, and uh, donated lots of stuff, right? So let's start off with you talked about Barbie, right? Barbie was the one that greeted us when we got there and took our money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She and was. gave the... us the tickets, which they never collected the tickets. So I'm assuming the ticket was just a souvenir, which we took a picture of. We didn't actually. Keep. Oh, I should have done that. So they well, had a lot I of cool They had a lot of cool stuff you could buy. You could buy. Uh, T-shirts. You could buy T-shirts, flags, which were super expensive, by the way. I wanted to get the Marceline Park Schools, whatever, oh, banner or was it? pennant. And it was like 20 or 15 or 20 bucks. Again, this is all going now, to fund the carrying on of that museum. I know. I did pick up, museum. though, a flag for my classroom. The Mickey. Yeah, the I original, I might say. I didn't know this, listeners, and maybe you did, but I just didn't. In Disney, in Disneyland, the original flag. When so, when Walt was in the park, not only did he light that lamp or whatever, right? But he had a flag out, and it, it was orange. Right. It was an orange flag. It wasn't red. It was an orange flag with the original Mickey's face, which he was very, he was much thinner than, uh, an image of Mickey. Super cool. So I, I purchased one of those. It was only like six bucks. I'm gonna put that underneath my American flag in my classroom. Oh, good night. And you're going to pledge to Mickey every morning? No, no. The, the American flag's going to be higher. No, I so know. I know but I just mean, are you going to write a Mickey pledge for your classroom? Oh, no. It's way too much thinking. Not going to do... No. I Any, don't know. Anyway, I thought it was real cool. Colin, I bought Colin a railroad uh, nail. A railroad nail, yeah. Nail, I guess, to, to put in the I railroad tide or whatever. Or What are they called? Ties? Or? Yeah, it was a railroad tie. Okay. I mean, yeah, the railroad so nail that really goes in the tie. Up, yeah. up with my train knowledge. But, uh, and it says, you know, pulled from the Santa Fe track in Marceline, Missouri, which was the train right. that Walt rode back into. You know, he rode, he right. rode, he rode into Marceline when he was four on that train, rode all the way out to Los Angeles on that train, came right. back in that train for a homecoming. So it was pretty cool, this nail that was pulled and it was pulled from the old track, the original track. The one that we get to walk on. Right. Well, no, 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 no. Well, on the main, on the other. On the main, on the other side of the museum. on the other side of the museum, which was the original track. That made your son very happy. Yeah, it's super, (laughs) a lot closer to that building. That was the old train station building. I know. Did you know that? No, I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, so. That was like right up on that 
building. Yep. It, it was nuts. I don't think they realized how dangerous it was. Oh my gosh. Like you take one step out and you're hit by the train. Well, you know. Anywho. So we started off with a tour guide and this tour guide wasn't just any tour guide. This tour guide had a very personal story. Right. Yeah. Very neat. You can listen to it at the end of this podcast, but she actually met Walt Disney. Walt Disney stayed at her home. Right, and I'm talking way too that much. Was the why coolest. don't you why don't you take over? Because I the listeners probably getting tired of hearing from me. Well, no, this is the cool thing um, was th- that this lady was showing us all these artifacts, and you could tell she was very passionate about it. But there was a good reason because um, Walt and Roy weren't very famous at the point when she was a small child, but they were starting to get known. Oh, they were. Yes, they were. I totally disagree with that statement. Okay. I no seriously. <laughs> well, anyways. For Marceline, that was a huge. They were thing. famous enough to have the whole town to come together. And no. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell your story, but go ahead. I'm sorry. So, anyways, so they decide they need to build a park. Well, what should they name this park? Well, now you got the Disney brothers up there, and they're doing things in California, and they're becoming known. I mean, we should name this park Disney Park. But then someone says, well, maybe we should ask if it's okay. Well, of course, Walt and Roy were all for it. They said, go ahead, name it after us. And can we come when you, um, like, open the park, inaugurate it or whatever, cut the ribbon. And how would, you, how would you love to have a park named after you? Like, seriously, I'd become, That'd be cool. I'd become a bum in that park. I'm like, sure there's a black park somewhere. I though. would. A, <laughs> for the black I mean, family? Well, because our name. Uh, I mean, seriously. For the black children. Whatever. Your I'm children. Just, yes, that's what I'm saying. The black. Our name is popular. There's a black river. It, I'm sure it's somewhere distantly named after my husband's so family. It, like, I, I'd become homeless in my own park. I, I, I'd lay down on the park bench. They couldn't kick me out, right? It's my and park. Sleep. That's right. But so they they not only are excited about this park being named after them, they want to come. So now they're going to have this huge thing. And this is um, the pictures that we saw in the museum. It's when they were transforming between horse and buggy and car. So there was actually a car in one of the pictures, but also a horse and buggy because they were going from one to the other in that town. That's how t- small the town was and how rural. And um, so anyway, they come. Well, they have one family, and that's this lady, Miss Kate's family, that had an air-conditioned home, which was unheard of. The very first one. Yes, the very first air-conditioned home. And so in a town meeting, they tell her dad that they want the Disneys to stay at their house. He doesn't ask the mom. And I don't know about you, but my mom would have freaked out if my dad came home and said, guess what? The Disneys are coming to stay with us. She would have freaked out. I would have said yes right off the bat, too. Right? Well, like- no, I think it was an honor. Like, he was, he felt it was an honor, but I'm sure his wife was freaking That's out. That's like the cruise. Like, if, you know, like. I wouldn't talk to Aaron if Tom Cruise was going to stay at my house, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, the Cruise is coming, honey. That's hilarious. We like Tom Cruise, too. Anyways, back to the story. So, the mom's worried because they've spent so much money on this air-conditioned home that their furniture is not the quality that she thinks the Disneys need to be staying in her home. So, her neighbors, they help empty out the house of all their older, like, hand-me-down furniture and bring in their good furniture. Which I thought that was an amazing story, and I agree with her when she said that Disney's probably wouldn't have cared anyway, you know, yeah. with the furniture. I agree. I think Disney, both Roy and Walt, were very humble individuals. Well, and I they grew up in that town, so they knew right. what they were coming into. It's not like they were coming expecting uh, the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. And they also donated something. Do you remember what they donated I'll to? I'll let you tell. What, do you remember? I'm trying to think. They, she the, talked so the much. The first Autopia car. Oh, yeah, that's From right. From Disneyland? Right. 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 Donated one of the minis, the very first one, to this town, and it's in the museum. Yeah, and they, we took pictures of that. And uh, 
Find it on our Mousecapades, Mousecapades underscore podcast, Instagram <laughs> account, by the way. And so um, it was just really cool because she was telling about he came to town and while he was there, he just wanted to go to this old fishing hole. And he, he went to the fishing hole and here's this boy and he may or may not know who Walt Disney was at that time. I don't know. H- had not a clue that he was coming. Hadn't, had not right, a clue Right, he didn't whatsoever. know, right. And he walks up to the little boy and asks him, can he borrow his pole? And then he stood and she said did autographs for hours, never complaining about being hot or thirsty or hungry. I mean, how would you like to be fishing, right? And, well, first of all, I haven't fished in years, but uh, fishing, you're, you're throwing your, your hook in the, or your line in the, in the river and all of a sudden some dude behind you, hey, can I, can I fish with you? And you turn around and, and it's Walt Disney. And he's in a three-piece suit. He's in a three-piece suit. I know. Suit. And it's Walt Disney. And they actually have a picture with the fish with this right. boy. Right, right. When they caught one. Yep. It was I'm very cool. So, so cool. So this lady, what was her name again? Kate. Kate, thank you. Uh, had an amazing personal story to tell. And no, there's... I, I bet when she interviewed for this job at this museum, like hands down, she had the job, right? Well, I, th- and that was another cool thing that she was saying. I want to say she said that eight of the 13 people that run that museum are still alive from when he came, when he came to town. I didn't say this part. Um, he showed a, he premiered a movie there. I don't know if it was that time or another time he came back and ran the movie for 24 hours until everybody in Marceline could see it. And they had that picture and her head was in that picture. But she said eight of the 13 people, I'm pretty positive, that are in that museum were there in that town when that park was donated and when that movie was being run. That's just amazing. And you know, when Walt came back, he had every intention. So Dave and I have talked about, you know, there were supposed to be like one, two, three, Four other parks in right. the United States, right. Disneyland parks. The first one in Anaheim. Then Walt was thinking about Dallas or, or Houston, Texas. Something I like forget that. something in yeah. Texas. St. Louis, Missouri right. was going to be his first indoor park, which he really wanted one in St. Louis. Now, here's the thing. I don't know. And he had a couple ski resorts he was wanting to open up as well. I don't know if he wanted to, he wanted to have a Disneyland, a second Disneyland in Marceline, Missouri. Right. Which would have been in the middle of nowhere, which I don't know how that would have gone over know. you know and i don't grown know at lake branson we and, don't know true and i don't know why it went under under um because or, she said he got sick well he got sick when he was trying to develop the one in st louis too right well he got sick and then when he event, which we now know is cancer and when he eventually died roy just told her that they just couldn't do it so that would have been after st louis then like because right. he found out i think he was sick just a week after leaving I don't know. Dave would know that a week after leaving St. Louis. I wonder if she was saying. I thought she said the early 70s. So he wanted to start. Yeah, yeah. It would have been early 70s. Because it was the late 60s when he came in. Or maybe it was 1970 when he came into St. Louis. And he still really wanted to do it. And Roy wanted to honor it. But I guess financially and That's right. Roy did want to honor it. But he said, I can't do this. Because it was just him then. It wasn't. He didn't have Walt's ideas. That's right. Roy was the, the numbers guy. Yeah. And uh, he held, he controlled the finances, and uh, yeah, you're right. She did say that there yeah. was no room for this in the butt. You just physically can't do it. Right. Um, but he really wanted a park in Marceline, Missouri. He wanted a second Disneyland in Marceline, which would have been really cool. It would have been cool if somebody did it even later out of his wishes. I mean, right. he's been gone now for a while, and, the, and so many of the Disney family are not even involved anymore. I bet that it'll never really happen. Sorry. I no, it's fine. So let's let's get into some things that we found that were really cool in the museum. Right. Okay. So the first room we walked into, do you remember what that was called? Besides the tour guide room where he, they had the desk where he carved his initials, that was there. And he actually carved his initials twice into the desk. 
And he said he only remembered doing it what once. I don't know. But then when he came back to visit, he realized it was done twice. And I wonder if that was someone else that did it, you know? I don't know. I just, the thing that stuck out to me, because I'm such a huge one man's dream fan of keeping that at Hollywood Studios, when she said we let them borrow it for what we thought was a short stint, and then the desk just kept, you know, they kept keeping one man's dream open, kept, and finally they said, um, we need our desk back here in Marceline. And she said they made a replica. And nowhere, if you... It does not say replica. I'm gonna go look when I go it back. It did not. Movie. It did not. That desk did not say because I looked. I looked it up and down. No, not the one with Marceline. When we're when you go to Disney, yeah. look in One Man's Dream because she said the one in there now is a replica. Now, when I saw oh. it the very first time, maybe it wasn't a replica, and I've just never really looked close at it. Since okay, then. that's because I say the one of Marceline didn't say replica. No, the no, one of Marceline the real, was the original. Yes, it is okay. the original, and she said that the one in uh, Hollywood Studios is now a replica, which I thought was, you know good piece of history for us pretty to cool so after we had like that 30 it was about 30 minutes of that personal tour and there was a train um, station that's why she started in there because that was the train okay remember that's okay. where you bought the ticket for the train and okay. that's where walt bought it okay so then after that she led us and it was basically on your own yeah it was and a free for all i was shocked like you have all this one of a kind memorabilia that you can, that is not, cameras. they were. Did you see them all over the place? No, I didn't. That place had more money invested, I think, in cameras than what the memorabilia is actually worth. <laughs> you were recorded. Oh, no. I am shocked that your DNA wasn't taken. Like, you talk about an old rickety building, but then cameras were everywhere. You, I don't know. I didn't look. I should have looked at that. Oh, they were back, the I'm small ones out. all over the place. So, They're um, not as expensive as you think, though. We have one. Oh, you got one? You afraid? No, we what have one. Be- well, our neighbors thought it would be fun to cut our Christmas wires many, many years in a row, oh. and so our the police we finally filed a police report. Bad neighbors. And they suggested it's only hundred dollars, and you can install it. Oh. We haven't had a problem since. Awesome. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there, one of a kind stuff that you can't find. Personal letters written, yeah. you know, to Ruth, which was Walt Disney's little sister, uh, sister, and even like his mother as well. When Walt would yeah. write back, you know, because he, he loved his mother yeah. very, very much. And um, she was the storyteller. Yes, as we learned from yes, that lady that she was that's where this all originated. You're absolutely right. You want to you want to elaborate on that? No, I mean that's basically I really remember it is that she was like the founding for him. Like she put that in him, and she instilled that creativity all, yep. gene in him. Um, which nothing I, against his father. No, he, which I think is cool. You the know, hard that, worker part came right. from his father. You think that's why he loves his mom so much? Is because what he did later on in life had a direct impact with his mother? I don't and know. So, Little boys just like their mothers. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anywho. I you think. Know, and they talked about... They didn't talk about his father that much. No, like they, they mentioned. Didn't. And, you know, with his dad, people have one of two thoughts. He was a great guy or he was an awful, abusive, mentally abusive dude. I want to believe that it was hard back then. No, it and was. And especially moving from town to town like they right, did. Right, Coming from nothing. You have to work extremely hard and force your kids to work so you can make ends meet as a family. Right, right. And I think the father, Walt's dad, was just doing, he just, he was doing what he could and what was best for the family. Right. Although it came across rough at times, I think. Or maybe he did get kind of physically and verbally abusive to kind of steer them in the right direction. I have no idea. I, I don't know. Um, but, you know, you can read that stuff all online right. and stuff like that. And, how and they did make him get up really early. And, and nowadays, I think about route. this when we ask our kids to do something. And right. you get the roll of the eyes and you're like, okay, then you want to pay your phone bill this month? Oh, right. oh, yeah, all of a sudden we're willing to work. Where with Walt, 
I think he just knew that that was his job, his brothers. And, and now, see, and, I don't think it was he was as bad. We're getting way off topic, I know, but I don't think his father. They just spent much time on his, with his, about his father. Right, they didn't right. really. They did no, not they talk didn't. about him at all, uh, if any. But you know, he was very emotional person to, to to put it very nicely. Right. You know, and I think he was just trying to push his the brothers he, into the right and direction. And look what he did. Right. Now, because the two older ones, which I don't think I knew about too much, you might have known more until we got there. That they, he she never talked about the shenanigans that they got into, but those brothers right. seem like they got into trouble. And I think he wanted more for, sorry, I think he wanted more for Roy and Walt. I think he saw this glimmer of hope in them, right? And and what they could do for the Disney name. That's that was my take on how she was. Now you know Roy. It. Roy went on the record to talk about how Pinocchio, uh, that scene with Stromboli, and Pinocchio, where Pinocchio was caged up in the birdcage. That that was a clear reflection of the relationship between Walt Disney, Walt being Pinocchio, and Stromboli being his dad, on how verbally abusive that he was, and how he felt how he felt right. locked up. Um, now Roy only mentioned that once, and yeah, I don't uh, think well, we could get into a whole topic of that. Okay, we're getting way off track. Because behaviors and, could you know change a person, yes, but. So, anywho, yeah, they didn't spend much time on the father. But after she spoke, you're right. It was a free-for-all, and I was shocked. They had so much stuff there to look at. It was overwhelming. It was, it was totally, totally overwhelming. It was Disney overload. And even for the, the the truest Disney fan, it would have been so much information, your head would have exploded. Now, I want to go back. I didn't feel like I had enough time. We were only there for a couple hours. Right. I had Colin with me. I want to go back when it's just us, you know, and Dave. Yeah. And no kids at all. Invite the Hans, you know, uh, Anthony. Invite him out. The um, kids will want to come. Yeah, but just invite. But it needs to be an adult thing. There's so much stuff there. You need to make two trips: one with your kiddos and one without, because to really, I guess, take in all that information. Yeah, I wanted to read more about the brothers. I did. And sis, the, uh, the other brothers and the sister. All the personal letters that he had there. The right. actual uh, audiograph, a uh, record that he made for yeah. his family. Uh, what was it for their anniversary or something like that? I believe. I did, um, I don't I'd have to go back and I have the pictures. I'm going to go back and look as as you talk here in a second. I'm going to hand the mic over to you. <laughs> Get ready. So anywho, okay. I'm, well, I'm going to start looking at some of this stuff and bringing some of this stuff up. But it was a free for all. It, it was. was amazing. So why don't you tell the listeners some of the stuff that you uh, that saw? Yeah, that that you saw and what you found interesting. And I'm going to go back and look at some of the pictures I took and kind of highlight some other stuff. Well, I. I we, there's one room that had like a bunch of stuff that was mostly on trains, which I knew he liked trains just because he had that train in his house <clears throat> where, um, was it his backyard that he made that train for his daughters? Yes. Okay. So, um, they had a picture of him. It was a really cool picture. I would actually like to have that as a print for my house just cause I thought it was so cool. So there, <clears throat> there was a whole room of that. In each room, there were these huge pictures of each one of his siblings and broke down about their life and what they did and um, where they were. In Well, because they really weren't with Roy and Walt. They weren't along on the Disney adventure as we would have thought, or I guess that I wanted to think that they were equally as supportive. And I'm not sure that they were. I think they wanted to kind of stay out of the limelight just from the little bit that I did read. The one thing that I thought was cool is they had up like a little... Um, and. Nick might have posted a picture. I, I honestly did not look. I have one, though, if he doesn't. They had, like, a little le- living room-like setting with an old console TV, and they were playing old Mickey Mouse Club shows. And it was just really cool to reflect. Now, those original shows were uh, broadcast when my parents were smaller, 
but um, I enjoyed as a child watching them. And then when the new Mickey Mouse Club came out with Lisa Welchel, like from Facts of Life in the, um, I think it was late 70s, early 80s, then I already knew about it because I had been watching all the old Mickey Mouse Clubs with Annette Funicello. And um, so that was a lot of fun um, for me to watch. I just stood there for a few minutes and watched that. There, but it, there was so much to look at. There were um, letters from this lady, Madeline Wheeler, and she was paying Roy his monthly... Oh, yeah, $250 a, a month. She was paying him. And we um, don't know if that's just a portion of the money that he made. Well, I'm okay, going Nick to the letter. Him. I'm going to the letter right now. And so this was, this was made out to Mrs. Ruth uh, Beecher uh, from Portland, Oregon. Uh, you know, I'm enclosing Roy's check for $250 for this month. Walt has been in England for the last couple of weeks, casting a new picture that he plans to make over the summer. Uh, he went on the new polar flight from Los Angeles to London. He said it was the most wonderful flight he'd ever taken. Roy uh, has to go to Europe for a few weeks, and his and he and his wife will will have, um, let's see here, reservations on the same flight for February 19th, blah, 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 blah. But basically it says, I'm, I'm enclosing this check. And so I, I did a comparison. And what, what you know, what that is in t- today's dollars. Back then in 1958, $250 is equal value to $2,082.08. Now, this wasn't like his check for the Walt Disney Company. This was just money that was being owed. And Ruth Beecher's his sister. Right. So, he's so maybe sending, he's sending her he's, money? Well, it's Roy's check. So that's confusing to me. So, right. And Dave and I were looking at this like, what's going on here? Because it, it did not explain. So we know that Madeline Wheeler was the secretary for Walt Disney. Correct. Walt and, Walt and Roy. Uh, uh, specifically Roy, I believe. Yes. Disney. And so here you have Ruth, the sister, sending money to the... Or, excuse me... M- Excuse me, Madeline, the, the secretary, sending money to to the sister of two hundred fifty dollars for Walt's check, or Roy's. Excuse me, it just didn't make sense. So we were wondering, who is this money? Because it's money being made, you know, through the Walt Disney Company, or yeah. is this like money for a side project, or is this just royalties? Does someone owe someone money? But you saw other letters there too, where it just seemed like. Dude, money was going everywhere. It right. was just, it was going here, it was going there. It was, we owe you this, you owe us that. I mean, it was amazing. And maybe they were just paying for rights. I, I have no idea. And I wish, like you said, we really need to go back and just spend time in that room just reading all those letters. And maybe together we can all understand better what all that money was going around. And so uh, going back to uh, Walt's mother, Ruth talks about Walt's mother in a personal letter on how she's an, she's described as an angel and the inspiration of everything and yeah. how Walt though was very um oh, I'll put it in a nice way let me go back to the letter here uh talking about her brothers were very strong-willed individuals yeah and so they were kind of hard at times growing up she states that and um raising them was not an easy job and uh, except for my mother uh did say once that the boys were harder to raise than the girls and it was just even Ruth like the Disney family has a Lots of admiration, and they, they love their mother a ton. Right. Um, but you didn't see anything about the dad. No, once she talked about him, that he got sick and they had to sell the farm, that was really right. all she told us. So I don't know, did he get sick and die that quick so that he just wasn't impactful in their life? Or again, he they just thought of him as something, but that was somebody that made them work too hard. But you know what? I have admiration for the dad in, in one thing. He made them hardworking and not give up. Because 
how defeated that Walt felt he never was defeated enough to give up on his dream. Right, right. Here's here's another letter here. Sorry, I, I mean, I know I'm switching gears, but here's another letter. This is June 3rd, 1958. It's Ruth Beecher again, who is writing uh, to Ruth. And, um, excuse me, my bad. It's Madeline. Sorry, guys. Sorry, listeners. It's Madeline Wheeler, the secretary, writing to Ruth, uh, basically saying that she's late this month because of the holiday weekend. And here's Walt's check for June. I mean, it's just it's crazy so you have all this money it's being tossed um let's see here the roy seniors are so happy to have a girl in the family and they have a wonderful time taking care of roy patrick when patty was in the hospital like here you have it's just a random letter like it's just a letter saying hello how you doing this is what's going on in life oh by the way i'm late with the money this month but it's really cool stationery oh it is because this one's peter pan the one before that was um seven dwarfs yeah uh, they, snow they white and the seven like, dwarfs different themes on um it's like just that. pretty cool here's a sleeping beauty one again this is madeline wheeler again the secretary for walt and roy um, writing to ruth i'm enclosing roy's check this month roy just got back from new york yo he's in new york and uh, he was in a real rush, it says. So today, it's been a real rush. Right now, he's all tied up with a group of people from Japan. Everybody is happy here. Hope you are, too. And that you're enjoying your new home. So there was constant communication right. between the sister and the secretary. And that was the communication, then, was the letter writing. Because they didn't have email, and they didn't have text messaging. And um, some people didn't have phones. Right. Um, then when we went upstairs in this old building, there were um, little models of some of the things that you can see. Some of them you can see at One Man's Dream, but some of them were new. They had like what the Magic Kingdom all broken down into pieces or sections of the park. And you could look at, and I think those were the original miniatures that they used to create Magic Kingdom. It was very cool. They, had, they also had a classroom that modeled the classroom that Walt uh, was a part of when he was in Marceline, Missouri. And uh, one of the cool things is, you know how kids always want to draw when they're in there. They had a chalkboard, and you were allowed to draw on the chalkboard, which I thought was cool because sometimes when you go into a museum, don't touch, don't touch, and you're having to tell your kids don't touch. And... Um, but I didn't see Colin draw a horse. Well, they want they want to they want to you know expand on the creativity of children. You know, they said, "Hey, draw this horse." Right. And it, it right. was Walt's horse, right? Yeah. Yeah. So here are two other letters again, and I'll, I'll finish up with these. Um, here it is, uh, Madeline again writing to Ruth again. Just a quick reminder, uh, or just a quick note to enclose enclose Roy's check for March. He just got back from New York again and is very swamped. Um, here's another one from Wheeler again. I'm enclosing Walt's check this month. So it's Walt and Roy that money is going to Ruth. Right. This is crazy. The other day, I had a letter from Mr. Howard W. Shutt. Enclosing the letter of introduction you wrote for him. I talked it over with Roy, but there wasn't anything we could do. So I wrote him to that effect. Parentheses, copy and close. Parentheses. I am sorry we couldn't at least give him a hearing. But there are legal complications that make it necessary for, for us to decline all offers of songs and stories from outside outside resources. Everything is fine here and everybody is well. Love and best wishes to you from all. Sincerely, Madeline Wheeler. So it's like they would talk some business. They'd talk some family. By right. the way, here's some money. Well, she probably was family being their secretary. Right. <clears throat> um, they had a, like one of the first stuffed Mickey's 
the old original Mickey thing. Yeah, that looks nothing like Mickey. It looks like a rat. I know. He, he really does look kind of scary, which if you look at the, um, uh, what is it, the movie? Oh, with Mary Poppins. I lost the name of it. The movie that just came out, and they talked all about Mary Poppins and how it came to be. What is the name what of What are you movie? talking about? The movie that came out where Walt kept being with the author, trying to get the name of it. I'm lost it. Okay. That Mickey on. was, yeah, that Mickey was scary too. So, um, but here's that, here's that picture. I know you can't see this people, but this is that picture that I was talking about of the old timey living room with the console television. And this console television reminds me of what you would see on like a 50 show or something. That was really cool to me. And, um, I liked that they had, um, the newspaper from when he came to open his park and they, they had a, oh, that's awesome. a picture of it. Hey, were you just, were you talking about Saving Mr. Banks? Thank you. Okay. Okay. I, I, it, went I, out, I, it went out my head. I didn't know if you were talking about, you know, they're thinking about doing a Mary Poppins, you know, too. Uh, there's more books. There's more books to the story. Right. With right. Mary Poppins. So I was kind of confused. So you're talking about Saving Mr. Banks. Got it. Um, yeah. Really cool stuff. Um, I just lost my track of thought. No, no, no. So, so Walt Disney's signature. Did you check out his signature? Check it out. It was similar to what they have today, you know, for the the stapled signature for Walt Disney. Right. But that's not his signature. No, I didn't. Well, how do you know that one was his? The one that you looked at. On on all the originals letters? Yeah. Oh my gosh, his secretary didn't do that for him. So, but the font was more like um, the Disney font that you can type on the computer, right? No, no, no. So if you if you, let me go back to these signatures here with, so here's a Disney signature. Here you go. That's an actual from his artwork. His secretary would not have signed no, that. No, she wouldn't have. That his that is his artwork of I have Mickey. That picture too. Yeah, and there's his di- there's his signature. Now it's close, but but it's not. But it this is, is like not. the font. This is like the oh. font that I have for my scrapbooking. Oh, got it. Okay, so it's very curly esque, uh, if that's a term. But uh, this is not the Disney signature that you see in the Disney parks and that's just stamped on everything. Right, right. It's not. Well, they probably won't not be able to all. read it. This is more like a doctor trying to get his stuff. Now, how he dots the I, that is is the, like, that's the that's exact same. same. Right. Um, but the Y is totally different. The D is different. The D looks more like a J. It does. Yeah. Um, the S is completely different. So the only thing that they really kept is how they dot the I with the little, looks like a little pretzel, you know, like a yeah. little circle with a line through it. That's the only thing that's the same. And the W for Walt. That's yep. it. The the W and the, and the dot for the I is exact same. The rest of the signature is completely different. That's okay. I, something I noticed while I was walking around. You're hilarious. Like, yeah. So, anywho, um, we could talk just, for hours. Yeah, really this. cool stuff. I really loved up top. And I'm sorry, I was looking at some other stuff while you were talking. Did you talk about the miniatures, the concept stuff? I did talk about the okay, miniatures. Okay. I think these were the original miniatures, not the ones that we see, because the ones that are at One Man's Dream, they look more updated. Like, do you understand? What I'm okay. Saying? Yes. Those looked antiquated or older, and so well, I think I those, think those the, were the I originals. I think these, those are the originals. That's what I thought. Of yeah. the like, basically, in today's standards, like paper craft, those things you can print off and make little, like, things and trinkets, like little right. tiny toys and helmets out of paper. Yep, I know what you're talking about. So, uh, or Pepe Pepe I think it's what it's called, or Cura, or whatever that thing is. Oh, the build, the build, uh paper stuff i don't know the listeners are probably laughing at me right now but uh these are like the the original yeah, concept artwork of a 3d representation of what the park is going to look like what main street is going to right. look like well this was small world and i thought it was interesting the small world is world is so much more detailed than this little oh yeah the original 
thing. That's why I, I figured it was the original concept to get the idea so people knew what he was thinking and then build from there. Um, and then they had the Jungle Cruise. And Main, this looks a lot like it. This looks a lot like Main Street, I thought. This is that building that oh, you can yeah, go in. Oh, yeah, 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 um, The little Lady in the Tramp restaurant, Tony's restaurant's in, in there. Um, but, yeah, it was very... I thought it was well worth the ten dollars. I mean, I just. Oh, I agree with you definitely. If, if you haven't gone, make a trip to Missouri. Make a trip to Marsley, Missouri. Check this place out. Now, I'm going to warn you, listeners. It is in the middle of nowhere. I mean, and yeah, if it, you go on the weekend, there's only two restaurants. Right. Um, the Uptown Theaters. There. Like, if you go back to Main Street, though, I want to go back to Main Street. It was pretty cool. I saw a building that said Tune Fest on it. You know, yeah. They have a Tune Fest every year and a festival every single year. Right. And I want. We need to go back for during that festival and just record it. I think that, that would, would be, be fun. That would be awesome. That would be fun. But, you know, you, you, you go down the street of Main Street, USA, and you have the Uptown Theater, and Goofy's inside, the box, Manning, the, the, the uh, I guess, the ticket admission booth there. Um, just a whole bunch of awesome stuff. Like, do you think this is the original locomotive for the Santa Fe? I wondered. Did, did uh, Sa- take Santa Fe is obvious. I mean, it's painted on there. I mean, Well, I'm I sure don't they know. had to update the yeah. paint. Just like I was going to bring up another And here's thing the caboose. Like, I wonder if it's the original, the original locomotive and caboose very well could be oh you got that i didn't get that oh this little oh so in in 1949 walt disney released the film so dear to my heart which takes place in the early 1900s the same period as walt's childhood vicky in the movie one of the structures it says here one of the structures on the farm was a barn it was set designed and built according to walt's recollection of his family's uh barn in marceline and we got to look into that um, let's see here. Walt Disney was the age of four when his family moved from Chicago to a 40-acre farm in Marceline. Walt quick, quickly learned to love life uh, on the farm, and the old barn became his and his younger sister Ruth's favorite place to play. The barn provided Walt with such, uh, excuse me, with his first show business experience when he produced a barn circus and charged the neighborhood kids a dime admission. That's kind of that's kind of cool. When his audience discovered the circus was uh, or consisted of a goat, a pig, and the and the family dog and cat dressed in Ruth's doll clothes, they protested. Oh my gosh, that is awesome! Walt's mother uh, promptly ordered Walt yeah, to refund the admission. With oh my gosh, so. People protested, I guess, because they yeah. didn't like it, and he was ordered by his mom to return the money. That's hilarious. Um, let's see here. In 1950, Walt recreated the barn for Marceline at his home in California and used it as his personal workshop. It became his happy place and became the birthplace of Disney Imagineering. Imagineering. That's pretty cool. Um, I want to get back to, let's see here. Oh, yeah. So here's the tree where Walt yep. uh, did a lot of his just drawing, reading, everything Dreaming under that. the sun. Like every kid, and you had it too, listeners, that one place that you went to as a child to get away and escape everything. For me, it was the the drawing table in my room. I'd pop in the cassette tapes, listen to Disney music, and I would just draw and lock myself in my room. And my parents probably got tired of hearing the exact same song over and over and over and over. They're probably um, grateful for it now. Yeah, between Michael Bolton and Disney. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big difference. Oh, my gosh. Um, I think it was just something different that I found. It's probably my mother's or something. Oh, yeah, and Paul Abdul. Uh, the son of uh, Dreaming Tree. The Dreaming Tree sapling was planted September 2004 by Bradford Disney Lund. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, that is. Uh, and Walt Disney World Ambassadors. Uh, three ambassadors were there, Sarah, uh, Sarah, Juan, and Christopher, who brought soil from the Magic Kingdom and water from the rivers of America to be added to the soil on the Disney farm for planting 
for the planting ceremony. And this tree is amazing. And so I'm so glad that Colin took sticks from that tree. <laughs> we, uh, well, they had already fallen. They had already fallen. Oh, yeah, they were on the They ground. weren't torn off the tree, no, okay, listeners? They were not torn off the tree. They were on the ground because he wanted Mr. Brad to go with them to hunt for some more sticks to make a bigger tent. So do you have anything else for us, Mixter? No, I just thought this was really cool okay. that they made that Disney stamp for him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could buy those. Did yeah. You, did you see you could buy Disney stamps? Well, I bought the ornament that has the Disney stamp okay. on it. The stamps, how much were they? Like five bucks, I think? I don't know. I didn't see the, the little, price. The little tiny stamp. I think it was $5 a stamp, but they still had some. And then Mia, she bought the stamp as a pin to like put to her pin collection for Disney. Oh, cool. That, I thought that was cool that she did that. But um, yeah, we could go on for hours. One more thing I did want to touch on, though, that I thought was interesting. Yes, yes, yes. Talk about Okay, this. so... Um, there's this building where like all the magic started and I can't, I'm trying to think of the name of the building and I was trying to find it really quickly. Hirsch something or other was the building. And um, it just where all the Disney stuff they said originated and we were walking down Main Street. So while we're going, I can't see what this says. Um, that, that picture? There it is. Okay. It says Zercher building now, but it's, he, I swore she said it was something with an H. But anyway, okay. in the back of the building, they had a fire, and when it fell down, oh, Hutchison's, that's what it was. Yeah, Hutchison's. So um, there was this Coca-Cola sign that said, um, delicious, refreshing, Coca-Cola, five cents from years and years ago, and it had faded. And so last year when uh, Disneyland was had their 60th diamond anniversary, Coca-Cola came back to Marceline and updated the paint on this thing. Now, here's the interesting thing to me, and I don't know if you heard Brad and I talking when we were there. Why did Coca-Cola do this for them, and now they dumped Coca-Cola and they went to Pepsi? <laughs> That's so true. They just gave them this enormous gift to their family, a hometown, and now, I mean, I realize it means well, nothing this to either was, or whoever. Walt would have seen this coming in. Right, right. And he would have gone to that store. Right. And so they just wanted to, I guess, bring back. Now, what when that, when they did have a fire, remember what they found in between the walls? I know. See, we're all recalling <laughs> things differently. I know. Remember the... the I the, thought this is what she found. The tour guide... Was it maybe just a picture? Was it a picture of the outside of the building? Is that what it was? I have no... I thought she said it was this, and then they came and updated it. We're going to have to go back and listen to our tour guide again. So with that, nice segue. Um, at the end of this podcast, which I'm just going to go ahead and end it now. We're sure. gonna We're going to finish up with the tour guide that was our tour. What was her name again? Kate. Kate. So Kate gave us a 30-minute personal tour of the, the museum and her personal stories. I've gone back and kind of uh, filtered out all of the static in the background, tried to get rid of the echo as much as I could. It's a, betch, it's a, it's a better version, a better quality of the Marceline, the original one that we posted up a week ago. So it's, we're, gonna, we're just going to put it here at the end. So at the very end, don't go away. Don't hit stop. Go ahead and listen to her and her personal experiences as she was our 30-minute tour guide in the very beginning at the Marceline Museum. If you have a question, comment, or want to be a guest on our show, you can go ahead and contact us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Give us a text at 407-674-0414. And I think it's about that time, Vicki. Well, I just wanted to say if they're going to go there with a crowd of 20 or more, make sure you make a reservation. That is true. We didn't need that because there wasn't that many. No, that's true. Peace. And love. (laughs) Have a magical day, my friends. knowledge. So if at any time you get tired of listening to me, I am not offended. Uh, we have an orientation that's going to be about 20 minutes.
But we always begin at the beginning, and the beginning is why Marceline's here. And Marceline is here because it's the Santa Fe Railroad. In the late 1800s, the Santa Fe wanted to connect the West Coast with Chicago. We were the last leg of that expansion. They took a map to a straight line between Kansas City and Chicago and said, we're going to build a town right there to serve as steam locomotives. So in 1888, we were founded. So if you went to work on the railroad, which everybody did, you go see this guy. His name was Mr. Zerker, and he was a Swiss watchmaker. Now, Mr. Zerker will sell you a pocket watch, and then he would set it by this very clock. This was the official Santa Fe timepiece for the entire Missouri division of the Santa Fe, which started here in Marceline and went on into Illinois. Now, after he sold you that pocket watch, set it by this clock, you were required to go back every 30 days to have your watch inspected. Nobody missed that appointment. If you didn't get a little slip of paper from Mr. Zerker saying you had your watch inspected, you did not get paid. That was before the days of radios. Everybody had to have the same time or things ran into each other, and that wasn't good. So the whole Disney connection to all of that is this building, which is still on our main street today, where this clock was for those 65 years. Now, when Walt Disney designed Disneyland, how many people have been to the one in California? Great. That's my favorite one. He said this building was his inspiration for Coke Corner, which is a favorite meeting place for people right on Main Street, USA. Here we go. Okay, Walt Disney comes. Corner's building, arched windows, but this one isn't nearly as Victorian as the one in California. A few years ago, back of that building, which was added on in 1917, well after the Disney's left Marceline Burn. We cleared away the debris. We found the original 1906 Drake Coke five cent sign painted on the wall. So as a little boy, Walt watched that sign being painted. So that's why it was his cool, huh? Now something very interesting happened this winter. We received a call from Coke Corporate in Atlanta, and they said we're sending a team up from Virginia to repaint your Coke sign. We go great, and they go well. What it was for was it was last year was the 60th anniversary of Disneyland. So what repainting the Coke wall in Walt's hometown was a gift from the CEO of Coca-Cola to the CEO of Disney in honor of Disneyland's 60th birthday. They repainted the Coke sign on the original Main Street USA. Cool. Uh, <laughs> if you want to step over here, please. It's kind of interesting how the Disney's gotten our sign. Walt Disney was actually born in Chicago, as was all of his family, except his, if you want to step over to me, except for all of his family, except his oldest brother who was born in Florida, not too far from where Disney World is today. Walt Disney was born in this house that his mother designed and his father built. Now, in Walt's family, there were his mom and dad, Elias and Flora. He had two much older brothers, Herbert and Raymond. Two years after Raymond was born, Roy was born. Eight years after Roy was born, Walt was born. Two years after Walt, his little sister Ruth. Big age span. Those two older boys had some friends in Chicago their dad wasn't very happy about. They were getting in a little bit of trouble. So he wanted to get his family out of the city. He looked for a community that had good education and good values, and he moved his family to Marceline, Missouri. Walt Disney was four and a half years old. And he stepped off the train, right up there. And from the moment he stepped off that train, he said he knew there was something special. And then later he would say it was in Marceline he found that magic. 
of his life. And this is how Marceline looked when the Disney family moved here. And we're real casual here. You can't see me around, so you see. Well, this is how Marceline looked when they moved here. You, see, you can see that the old ways are here. They're not going to be here much longer. There's an automobile sharing the street with a team in a wagon. We're going to electricity. We're going to And for a little boy with a fertile imagination like Walt Disney, it's a great time to live someplace like Marceline. Walt experienced all of his childhood first year, attending his first school, caught his first prey, caught his first fish, went swimming for the first time, and saw his first live stage performance. And it happened to be a traveling troupe from Stevens College in Columbia, Missouri. And of all plays for them to do, they did Peter Pan. Walt saw that list for the first time here in Marceline. And it's a role he would reprise a little bit later that year at school by enlisting the help of his older brother, Roy, to handle a block and tackle, so Walt could indeed fly him into the audience, which he did, of course, the rope. So, and he landed in the laps of a very surprised audience. And something else happened to Walt that first autumn here in Marceline that had a profound effect on him. Walt Disney's father had moved here to be a farmer. Never been a farmer before. But luckily for him, the neighbors embraced them and helped him get through that first year. But Walt saw how in the autumn, how all the neighbors came together during harvest, going from farm to farm to farm. And throughout Walt Disney's lifetime, he would talk about that first harvest here in Marceline over and over to his staff, saying we need to be like the farmers in Marceline. We need to act as one for the good of all. Now this is Walt, his mom, and his little sister Ruth, and it's thanks to Ruth that we have the museum in Marceline today. Ruth Disney Beecher saw during her lifetime that the public went from knowing there was a real man named Walt Disney who had a real family who cared about him, to seeing him as more of a brand name, kind of like Nike. So she actually donated over 3,000 family artifacts to us to tell the story here, some of which you will see in exhibits here on the first floor. Now this was also a very special place to Walt. Walt Disney's father was a pretty tough taskmaster. He didn't think his youngest son should be daydreaming. He didn't think his youngest son should be blind. So Walt would take the drawing materials that his aunt provided for him, and steal away, he'd go lie beneath the branches of this giant cottonwood tree, and this is where he very first started to draw. He'd lie on his stomach, he'd observe all of nature around him, and then he would sketch it. Now, even as an adult, and this is Walt and his brother Royal, one of their trips back, Walt would actually ask for time alone for kind of renewal underneath the branches of his tree. Now, how many of you have been to Disney World in Florida? What's this? When the Disney Company did the Tree of Life, they sent Imagineers here to Marceline to spend time on the farm so the tree in Florida would have the same feeling for guests that Walt has a little boy here in Marceline. <laughs> Now, when you leave here today, we're going to give you a map. We'll send you out to the farm. It's free. It's open to the public. But our tree doesn't look like this anymore. Our tree I look like lightning. Like, let's do that together, okay? Oh, okay. But not knowing that was going to happen, a few years prior to that, American Forest Destroyed Tree Nursery in Jacksonville, Florida, came and collected a million and a half seeds off that tree. Again, not knowing that was going to happen, one of Walt Disney's grandsons contacted us and said, I want to come back. I want to do something on the farm. It's all down for ever talked about. What do you want to do, Brad? Let's plant a tree. So American Forest sent us a sapling grown from the seed from this tree. 
Brad came in from California. Three Walt Disney World ambassadors came up from Florida. They brought soil from the hub of the Magic Kingdoms. They brought water from the rivers of America, and they planted sun and dreaming tree very close to the origin. So when you go down there today, you're going to see it growing very proudly. It's about 30 feet tall now. And in 2005, when Disneyland was 50 years old, they invited 40 people from Marceline to come out. We presented them a dreaming tree sapling from a seed from this very tree. And I'm really happy to say they planted on Tom Sawyer's Island. It's another great Missouri connection, you know, right on down the road in Hannibal. And we got a call from Disney World two weeks ago, and they go, how can we not have a tree? And we go, well... So they're sending horticulturists up in two weeks, actually, to take cuttings so they can propagate those in Florida. So we'll have little trees everywhere. Now this is another adventure that Walt had here in Marceline and up with school. How many of you think he was a good student? You're right. <laughs> he was not. Yeah, come on over. Uh, and let's see, some of us were right. I think it was like young Paul McCartney. I can't say that to school groups because they don't know who that is. But anyway. Walt Walt remembered about his first grade teacher as her name was Miss Brown. And all of Miss Brown remembered about a young Walter Disney as he was terribly, terribly on out. Now this is his older brother, Roy. Roy was eight years older than Walt. And Walt always said, you know, my older brother, Roy, always made sure I had a little extra spending money. So one day, Roy got him a job cleaning a horse-drawn purse here in Las Vegas. So they walked into town, and Walt said, Roy worked hard cleaning the hearse all day, and I laid inside and pretended like I was dead. Well, that was kind of a harbinger of things to come, because as we all know, Walt was the dreamer of the Disney company. Older brother Roy became the money man. He would go find those millions of dollars to make all Walt's dreams come true. So the family's living here, and you know, Walt sold his first art here. We had an old country doctor named Doc Sherwood, who had a very shiny buddy and a prize Morgan Stallion. And when Walt wasn't doing chores, he was allowed to go on rounds with Doc. So one day Doc said, Walter, I want you to draw a picture of my horse. He said, you know, that drawing wasn't so good. But Doc made me think it was tops. Walt was paid a quarter for that drawing. Held that quarter so tight, he walked on air all the way home. Later, his brother Roy would say of all the awards Walt Disney won throughout his life, that quarter meant more to him than any other award. So the family's living here in Marceline is paradise for Walt, paradise for the rest of the family. Do you remember the two older brothers? Oh, young men, they didn't want to move to a farm. They wanted to stay in Chicago. So they had been bribed to come here by being promised to share the profits when the harvest came. Well, the harvest came and their dad goes, no. Mine's going for your leading boy. They weren't happy. They pretended to go to bed early one night, called out their bedroom window, ran away from home, and did not come back to Marceline. That left Walton Roy to help on the farm. Mr. Disney became very ill, he couldn't do the heavy lifting anymore, and they had to stop. And it was paradise lost for Walt. So the family moves to Kansas City. His father still can't work very much, but he buys a route on the Kansas City Star. Walt's 11 and a half. Yes, up at 3 a.m., seven days a week, delivers 30 pounds of newspapers every morning and every night. And all that money goes to support the family. Okay, you want to carry that six miles a day, every day, quite a day. No, it's heavy, and he did walk hard. Yeah, he did. He worked pretty hard. 
Anyways, I said all that money went to support the family. It's that undaunted. That little guy, he's 11 and a half, a little bit younger than you. Because that gets a second job. His dad doesn't know about it. He has a job sweeping out a candy store at noon. And with that money, he went to see some vaudeville shows. He even got his own little, I mean, trap boy. At the time, he didn't know it, but he was honing his skills. And later, he would be known as the best story man in Hollywood. And he went to see a silent film several times. He went to see Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. He noticed the audience was full of children. They would cheer and clap as the story was told. The audience was full of adults. They would watch with almost reverence as that story unfolded before them. Walt Disney knew at a really young age that adults could invest emotion in a fairy tale. Again, served him well. So families living in Kansas City, Walt suggested his dad go, no, we're moving back to Chicago. I bought stock in a jelly factory. Walt doesn't want to go. He had a job on the railroad that summer selling candy and pop to people on the train. The fall came and his mother said, you have to go to school. Go to Chicago. Go to school for a while. But World War One's going on. His older brother Roy is already in the Navy and all Walt wants to do is enlist. Went down to the recruiter, and the recruiter took one look at a skinny 15-year-old and goes, no. <laughs> but he finds out the Red Cross will take you at a young age. He goes down, signs up for the Red Cross, thinking he's just going to write his parents a letter and go, I'm in Europe. He's underage. He needs a passport. After much begging and pleading, finding his mother relented. And at 16 years old, Walt Disney driving a Red Cross ambulance in France. <laughs> and they had to teach him how to draw. He didn't know how to draw. So Walt's in France in World War One, and he decides to draw cartoons all over the outside of his ambulance. And the dog, dog boys like him. They go, "Hey, if I pay you, will you do one for me?" And he goes, "Yeah." So he had a little business going. It's also there that he acted as chauffeur for military VIPs. That's where he met General John J. Pershing. General Pershing was general of all the armies in World War I, and he grew up 14 miles from here in McLean, Missouri. I think it's amazing those Lynn County, Missouri guys ended up meeting in France, and they remained friends throughout General Pershing's life. It was also there that there was another young man in the same restaurant as Walt Disney, fairly entrepreneurial, came back to the United States, opened a chain of restaurants called McDonald's. Ray Kroc and Walt Disney were in the same Red Cross unit. Can you imagine the energy that was happening there? It had to be insane. War is over. Walt's still a teenager. He goes back to the United States, got that cash, goes to Kansas City, opens a studio. Goes broke in a year. Takes the last forty dollars, cardboard suitcase, gets on a train, goes to LA. Can't find work. Nobody'll hire Goes to live with his uncle, borrows money from his uncle, sets up his first studio in California, his uncle's garage. Lots of ups, lots of downs, was broke, I cannot tell you how many times. And finally, success. And in those early years, all the while he's building his business, he's going from LA where he's living to New York where his business was at that time, and he's coming through here on the train. And his wife, Lillian, said, it got to be embarrassing. Because when the passenger train was stopped right out there, he goes to the railroad cars, waking people up, going, that's my hometown, that's my hometown. So in 1946, Walt makes an unscheduled visit back here. And a lot of people that live here still remember that visit. And he had an odd-looking camera with him, which turned out to be a movie camera. 
What he was doing, refreshing his memory of Marceline for something he was thinking of doing. In 1955, Walt Disney does two things that tie him to Marceline forever. A little movie called Lady in the Trent. Everybody seen that? Based on his time here in Marceline. And if you're lucky enough to have the 50 year anniversary edition of Lady in the Trent, the whole second DVD under Lady's pedigree talks about the importance Marceline played in the making of that movie. And he opened a little place in California called, you guys know it, 1955. It's Disneyland. Thank you. A little more food there. Now, when he announced he was going to open that park, practically every newspaper in the nation had the headlines Disney's folly. He's wasting his money. No one will ever go. Proved him wrong. And he used his memories of Marceline for Main Street, USA. Now, even today, if you go to Disneyland, you will find the Hotel Marceline right on Main Street, USA. If you go by the theater, the mannequin in the ticket booth, her name tag reads Tilly, Marceline, Missouri. If you want to buy candy at downtown Disney, you buy it at Marceline's Confectionery. And how many of you have been on the Haunted Mansion ride? Okay. You're standing in the queue line, right before you get on the attraction. You remember what's sitting right there? It's a horse-drawn hearse. Again, a little tip of the hat to Walt's Marceline story. Do you guys know how Disney people love inside information? The next time you're standing in that queue line, you can regale them with your vast knowledge of why that hearse is there, and they will love you forever. <laughs> so Walt had been a little busy in 1955. In 1956, we decided to build a public swimming pool here in Marceline, which was pretty darn progressive for a little town of 3,000 in the middle of the 1950s to have a public swimming pool. Pass the bomb, start building the pool, and they go, what are we going to name it? Let's write Walt Disney a letter to see if it'd be okay if we named it Walt Disney Swimming Pool in the Park. Just hoping he'd say, go ahead. First letter back, who's thrilled? Next letter back, well, we could have a dedication. We sure could. Well, he sure would like to come, and Roy would like to come, and they'd like to bring their wives. So in 1956, the Disney boys are here again. Now, this is Walt and Roy on Main Street with our mayor, Jack Grant. And it was like Walt was retracing his childhood footsteps. He wanted to drive a team of good old Missouri Eagles. He would contact this gentleman named Frank Van Tiger, who we knew had a team in a wagon. And he goes, sure, I'll take him a ride. I knew their father. Stranger than truth, Frank as a young man had worn a defense post to Walt's father in that very Peter Shuler wagon. He wanted to go back to Yellow Creek, where he caught his first fish. Now imagine if you are it's little boy. Car pulls up. Guy gets out. It's Walt Disney. And he goes, hey, buddy, can I borrow your pole? Well, the bit film we have of this is hysterical because Walt Disney, ever the showman, is trying to make that little dead catfish look like it's about ready to jump off the hook at any given moment. He was so generous. He spent hours signing autographs, paper plates, napkins. It didn't matter. And he did something very special for the children of Marceline on that visit. He had just finished a full-length feature film based on a true Civil War story called The Great Locomotive Chase, which starred my generation's Davy Crockett, starred Fess Parker. He held a Midwest premiere here in Marceline at the Uptown Theater. When he took the stage, the children of Marceline sang the Mickey Mouse Club song to him, but they had to teach it to them first because we didn't get the television show yet here. But Walt looked at the audience that day, and he said, you know, the children are lucky to live in Marceline. My best memories are the years I spent here. Hand on sick, 
point the clock said time for the show, and they showed the movie for 24 hours straight so everybody could see it. And I know this because that's the back of my head. Perfect. Wow. I was eight years old and I was there that day. And today, none of us will ever forget because when we walked into the theater, Walt and Roy Disney shook each of our hands as we came into the theater. Okay, get cozy. Come up over here. This is the first plunge in the pool. You can imagine every boy in Marceline wanted to be the first person in that swimming pool. Now, most of these guys still live here, and to this day, they argue about who the first person in the pool was, and they none of them will concede they weren't the first person in the pool. And this is a beauty contest that Walt and Roy Disney judge. Those lovely young ladies are now in their 80s, and three of them volunteer here at the museum. Now, when I work with Gloria, the cute little dark-headed one back there, I always say, Gloria, tell them what you wore, and she goes, I wore a one-piece black swimsuit and three-inch high-red heels. I mean, scandalous for 1956. <laughs> so I really was on that visit. I got to meet Walt Disney because my parents had just built a brand-new ranch-style air-conditioned house, and not everything was air-conditioned in 1956. So the Disney's were coming in July. Our hotel was kind of run down, and it didn't have air conditioning. So one night at city council meeting, they said to my father, how about the Disney's stay with you? Without asking my mother, my father said, sure. They're a young couple. They spent every cent they had on this brand new ranch-style air-conditioned house, and the furniture was all hand-me-down. Got closer to the time for the Disney's to come. And my mother said to her friends, I don't think I can do this. It's the Disney's, and my furniture is junk. They said, oh, no, you have to have them because you have the air-conditioning. But don't worry about it, we'll move your junk out, we'll move our better stuff in, and that's what they did. So it took the whole town to get ready for the Disney's, but it was totally unnecessary because they wouldn't care what kind of furniture anybody had. It was also on this visit that Walt and my dad were sitting in our family room. Walt looked at my dad and said, you know who owns my boy on farm? My dad said, yes, I do. And Walt said, you can buy it cheaper than I can, go buy it. Walt Disney was such a visionary. He said, there'll come a time when a child will not know what an acre of land is. Time will come when a child will not know what happens when you put a seed in the ground. So his idea was to have a 1900s working farm here in Marceline with Disney educational values, so they started buying land here in Marceline. Now, when Walt was here in 1956, he was really famous. He just opened Disneyland, he made all the movies, he was on television, and we thought, we need security. So, you know, we have the highway patrol here, and Walt goes, oh, wait, oh, wait, I'm home, I'm home. And this is how accessible Walt always was. Uh, that's the back of the house where I grew up, and that's Walt in our garage. And these little boys lived next door to us, and this was at 7 a.m. in the morning, when the pool was going to open at 7 p.m. that night. They already had their inner tubes on, and they're going, Mr. Diddy, when are you going to open that pool? But that's just how accessible Walt was. He was always one of us. So the plans for what Walt wanted to do here were moving along. Land had been purchased. Feasibility studies had been done. And we decided we need an elementary school. So again, we passed the bond. We start building the school. And Walt finds out about it, and he goes, how about naming it Walt Disney Elementary? And we go, great idea, Walt. You know, so Walt being Walt came up with his own ideas. He had specially designed playground equipment down for the school. We had Mickey Mouse swings and Donald Duck teeter tars. Each classroom got state-of-the-art audiovisual equipment and a brand new set of Encyclopedia Britannicas which back in the day was huge if each classroom had their own set of encyclopedias. 
He had an interior the school designed with one-of-a-kind Disney murals, which are all still there today. And at the dedication of the school, he says, you know, I'm not a funny guy. I'm just a farm boy from Marceline who hides behind a mouse and a duck. <laughs> now, he also gave us two very beautiful flags. You want to step over this way towards me and look up? That flag actually flew over Sleeping Beauty's castle at Disneyland. And he also gave us a Mickey flag you can see him presenting right here. Now, when you think of Mickey, what colors come to mind? Anybody? Step around with Our flag is orange. During Walt Disney's lifetime, the only other place that orange Mickey flag was allowed to fly was over Walt Disney's apartment at Disneyland. Again, he wanted things special and he wanted to hear in Marceline. Now, Walt also gave us a flagpole. Flagpoles are not terribly exciting, unless they had been an Olympic flagpole. Well, Disney had been head of pageantry at the Squall Valley Olympics in California. We had one of these flagpoles shipped back here, permanently installed at our school, and it's still the flagpole that we use at our school today. Now, he also wanted to go back to Park School where he'd been a student. He remembered exactly where his classroom was. Walked right up to his classroom, sucked in his stomach, slid to his desk, turned my bread, and said, I remember coding my initials once. But I forgot I carved him twice. Don't you ever do that, okay? <laughs> His initials are right here. Now this desk gets around. It's been at Disneyland, Disney World, and at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. And how many of you saw One Man's Dream uh, when it was at Disneyland? Okay. We love that exhibit, but it was only to be open one year in 2001 to commemorate the 100th anniversary of Walt's birth. So we lent them our desk. Well, as you know, it just closed this past season. So about seven years ago, we got a we are desk back. <laughs> and so what you saw in Florida were the replica of this desk. So the players for what Walt was going to do here in Marceline were moving along. How many people remember Governor Hearns of Missouri? Anyway, he was putting the four-lane highway into Marceline. Things were happening fast. And Walt and Roy decided to do something that had never been done before, nor has it been done since. And if you guys would step in here, please. Walton Roy took a ride out of Disneyland and shipped it here to Marceline to be installed and operated here in Marceline. And it was these little cars that ran on a track. Now, the dedication of this ride was in July of 1966, and of course, Walt planned on being there. A few days before the dedication, we received word from Walt who just returned from London. And you have to think, same time frame that Walt was working on the Marceline project is when he was doing Mary Poppins. So Walt had just returned from London. He said he had a terrible cold. He couldn't seem to shake it, and the doctor wouldn't let him travel. It wasn't a cold, it was cancer. And Walt was gone by that December. There were three Disney projects in the works at that time. One in Northern California called the Mineral King Project. The project here in Marceline, and Walt was doing the project here in Marceline, not through the Disney company, but through his own private company, which is called Reclaw, which is Walt Spelled backwards and a little place a lot of you have been to in Florida. So Walt made his brother Roy promise to come out of retirement to finish the Florida project, which he did. And after Roy opened the park there, he contacted us and he said, you know, I'm not in very good health myself. I'm overwhelmed with Walt's passing. We're not gonna do the project in Northern California and we're not gonna do the project in Marceline. So Walt's dream for Marceline didn't happen. So we think it's very telling that we were never very far from his mind. 
When the Disney company started doing live action films, almost every live action film they did has a reference to Marceline in it. The very first one they produced, which is titled So Dear to My Heart, actually has 22 references to Marceline in that one movie alone. And the director said when he showed Walt the rough cut of the movie that Walt wept over my And he said, why, that's just so I, my brother and I live on the farm in Marshland. So he never, ever forgot. Anybody have any questions so far? Okay, there are four more galleries here on the first floor. There's a little section about each family member. There's a theater at the end where we show Walt the Man Behind the Myth, which was created in 2001 by the Disney family. I would encourage you to go upstairs. It, this is our 15th anniversary, and we have all new second floor galleries. So,